So for the next few weeks, uh, really right up until Ash Wednesday, uh, we're going to be hearing in the second reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. And so for the next few weeks, I'm really going to preach exclusively on that second reading. You might recall uh, a couple summers ago, we went right through the letter to the Ephesians. Uh, so we're going to do something similar. We're not going to get through the whole letter. Uh, the letter's quite long. It's about 16 chapters. We're probably going to get through about four. Uh, but it's uh, a very important book for us to know. It's, it's really helpful sometimes to, to take a real close look at just one of those books of the Bible. Uh, and when we study Scripture, it's always helpful to know uh, a bit about who wrote the content that we're looking at and, uh, of course, who they were writing it for, who their intended audience is, and also, of course, the circumstances. So, uh, first of all, of course, the letter to the Corinthians was written by St. Paul. Now, he's a pretty familiar figure, I think, to a lot of us, maybe not to everybody, uh, but you'll recall that St. Paul at one time was named Saul, all right, Saul of Tarsus. And Saul was pretty well known to have persecuted the early church, okay? He was responsible uh, for uh, the deaths of some of the earliest Christians. Uh, he really hated this, this nascent church that was growing. Uh, however, one day, while he was traveling, through a place called Damascus, of course, he uh, was knocked to his, uh, off of his feet. And as he's lying on the ground there, he hears this voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And knowing that this voice was the voice of Jesus Christ, he was converted. He sought out the apostles. He was baptized. He changed his name to Paul, and he was sent out to proclaim the resurrection. And for years, how Paul really spent the rest of his life, he traveled throughout the world establishing these new churches. He went to synagogues. He proclaimed the new covenant. And after being expelled from these synagogues, he began meeting with small groups of Christians uh, usually in their homes. He taught them what Jesus revealed about God and about being human. He taught them how the uh, prophecies of the Old Testament were fulfilled in Christ. He talked about how the Old Testament foreshadowed everything that Jesus did. They celebrated the Eucharist together in these little house churches. And after a couple years of meeting with these groups, he would actually lay his hands on another man and put that man in charge of the community. He'd then leave for another city and start over. Unfortunately, very often these communities uh, struggled after he left. Sometimes other groups would come in and they'd talk about Jesus, they'd mention his name, uh, but they'd teach things that conflicted with what Paul and the other apostles were teaching. Something that conflicted with what they experienced through their own eyes and ears. 
Other times, immorality broke out. Division happened. Rivalries would start. So Paul would sometimes get word of what was going on, and he'd write letters addressing some of these pastoral problems. This is the case with the letter to the Corinthians. All right, now in Paul's day, Corinth, it was a hub of economic activity. There was a lot of industry that was starting to boom, and the population was growing. Uh, Some people were growing very rich, and some people were growing very poor. And yet Paul was able to successfully start a small community of Christians. Unfortunately, after he left for Ephesus, uh, really chaos kind of hit this young church. The Corinthian church, it became divided along economic lines, but also among some other things that you'll see in the second reading next week. Uh, Sexual immorality became fairly uh, rampant, including a very scandalous case of incest. It became obvious that the Corinthians were not living in a distinct way from the non-Christians in Corinth. Paul had to sort of scold them for their selfishness and for their arrogance. All right, some of these uh, Christians, they were... Uh, They received some very, very profound spiritual gifts, charismatic gifts. But they were using them not to bring glory to God and to build up the church, but to sort of draw attention to themselves very selfishly. All right, so Paul, he wrote to address all of that. He pleaded with them as a loving father to return to the teachings of Christ and the apostles which he himself had taught them. The letter's quite long, but again, it's one of Paul's most famous due to how directly he teaches the people of Corinth. So again, for the next month and a half, we're going to hear from this letter. We're going to hear how Paul addresses some of these uh, scandals, how he addresses some of this division. And in the second reading today, what we heard was we heard the very, very beginning of the letter. We really heard Paul's greeting. It doesn't seem like there's a lot there, and yet there is so much that we can glean from this. Because in those opening sentences, what Paul does is he reminds the Corinthians of a very, very, very important truth that everyone has to remember if they're going to live the Christian life, build up the kingdom of God, and become a saint. In those first words, Paul reminds the Corinthians that they have been made holy by Jesus Christ, and that they're called to live a holy way of life, distinct from the way that non-believers live. Holiness means to be set apart for the service of God and for the building up of his kingdom. A holy person is used by God to build up the kingdom of God. In fact, a holy person is someone who Uh, God's own life shines through. As I emphasized really all last summer, we went through the, the Gospel of Luke. This was such a common theme. A disciple, which we're all called to be, one of God's holy ones. Their primary goal in life is to build up the kingdom of God. 
It's not to build up their own kingdom, their own influence, nor is it to build up the kingdom of another secular ruler or politician. The primary goal of the Holy One, the primary goal of a saint, is to be obedient to Jesus' teachings and to build up God's kingdom. Not only was this what the Corinthians were called to, it's what all of us are called to. And guess what? God has already equipped you with everything that you need to live a holy life in this world that we currently find ourselves. You're already equipped to do that. God has given you the gifts and talents that you need to fulfill this mission. And again, because God himself is working in you and through you. When we fail, it's not because God has failed us. It's not because God has failed to give us something. It's because we don't make use of what he's given us. Either a gift or a talent that we've been given, or even some of the goods that the church has been given. Okay, it's because we're not making use of the sacraments, because we're not drawing close to the Lord in prayer. It's because we're not uh, studying our scripture. All right? It's so important that we believe this. Listen again to what St. Paul says. He's writing to, to, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. God has already given you what you need to be holy. The difficult thing for us is to actually believe that. We struggle with sin. We get down on ourselves. The difficult thing is to believe that and to live in a way in which it's true. And again, we struggle with sin. We doubt that God's really given us these things. But guess what? Paul believed that it was true for the Corinthians. And again, the, the Corinthians, you know, we look back on the early church and fantasize about how uh, wonderful and peaceful and on fire it must have been. But they had their struggles too. In fact, some of their behaviors, as we'll see, are absolutely ugly. Things that would make us sick to our stomachs. Things that bring scandal. But Paul never stopped believing that Jesus had begun something good in their lives and that he was going to bring it to fulfillment. Paul challenged them to leave their sin behind, but also encouraged them to go deeper. That's what I hope happens for all of us as we go through the first few chapters of this book. I hope and pray that by studying the letter to the Corinthians, we'll all experience some deeper conversion. I hope that you'll see, that we'll all see some of our sins more clearly and how they affect our church and how they affect uh, the world around us. And I hope that we'll all be inspired by St. Paul to leave some of those attitudes and actions behind. And walk in a new way of life. I also hope that all of us will grow deeper into communion with Jesus, the Son of God, and be more committed to building up his kingdom and also more effective at building up his kingdom.